time. Guess who's back? It's Jess. <laughs> you have to make real sounds. <laughs> you can't just laugh. No one's gonna know it's you. Hi. There we go. All right, so I totally um, forgot that this is like a verbal like. Yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast. This is what it is. For because, everyone that can't see, I was waving. Yes, she was. <laughs> also, um, we're trying this on a different machine, so I may put that footage up. I may put the other footage. We'll see. We're running two screens, so she can also see herself right now, which makes it harder for her to verbalize real words. <laughs> she just thinks she's so beautiful. So um, today's topic is... Uh, like horse psychology, psychology. Yeah. yeah. Horse psychology. So the the kind and of people's psychology in a sense. Yeah. Because like we, we like to like put our own feelings and emotions to what Yeah. All right. So I guess um, where do you want to start with that? Do you want to start with personification and the fact that go for it? You just start. I'm going to have some soup. Wow. Where to start? Yeah. I guess like it happens a lot. Okay. So being something recent of mine, like the selling horses, people you hear a lot, like when they contact you about the horse that they're looking for, they, you know, a term everyone's using now is I'm looking for my unicorn, my best friend, and all of those kinds of things. And it gets me thinking about what people actually look for in a horse. So people come out and they say they're looking for like an instant connection. And I hear a lot of one of the words that I heard a lot is, I think the horse really likes me. The huh. horse is, it has a real connection with me. And and this is like the first time they're seeing the horse and riding the horse and everything. Yeah. And they said, you know, throughout the whole visit, I felt the connection grow. And I, and I really feel that this, like even parents would say that I could see the horse really bonded and he really likes my daughter. Like he really likes her. Right. Right. So I guess we start off there. What would your insight be on that particular statement? So I am a person who says that, but does not believe it. Why would you say it if you don't believe it? Um, because it's just the common way to express a, a much deeper, more difficult topic to, to understand. Especially to kids. Yeah. Yes, especially to children. And to people that are horse lovers. Genuinely, everybody in the pet world wants to believe that their, their pets love, love them. them. <laughs> and miss them. Your horse? Oh my god, yeah. When a horse misses you. Like, people think that like their horse is going to miss them. I think, I don't think they miss them when it when they're gone. I think they, they understood that they were away. And maybe potentially more excited that they have returned. But during the time really that they are though? away... Do you think like a horse is like sitting around the paddock going... No, no. Gee, that's like, the, it's been a while. That's the thing I don't think happens. I okay. think when they see you again, they're like, Whoa, you! I, I, that was... Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. We, that person. We were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we were part of a thing together. <laughs> you know? Okay. But I think that the herd mentality of a horse... Um, facilitates personification because of certain characteristics that they have and they possess allows them allows us to personify them because they they prove it back to us a little bit mm. like oh my horse really likes me let's touch on that one a little bit my horse really 
likes meat. Food. My horse really likes to eat. Yes. My and horse. I come with food. Yes. Or my horse likes the fact that you run slower, and if a predator came, it would kill you first. I don't know if a horse is <laughs> that, like, they, they're not that technical. In That's thinking. why they live in a herd. That's why anything lives in a herd. It's because there's less likely of a chance for me to be the one that's eaten. <laughs> Did you not know this? Did you not take biology? <laughs> I knew that, but I mean, come on. These horses that are, like, raised and kept in a, in a, in a pile by instinctual. themselves. They're instinctual in yeah, every way. Yeah, they're instinctual, but they're not going to sit there and think about a herd if they've never grown up in one. They will always be a herd animal. Because they are instinctually a herd animal. So a horse that's grown up in a paddock and always been paddocked alone, you think will still think that, oh, I like that one because they're smaller, so I'm going to stay next to it so that not, it gets eaten first. Not necessarily, but they're going to have all of those other herd mentalities that are... Like mm. leadership and and like when all the other horses run, they run too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. They're gonna yeah. instinctually still have all of their herd mentality. Mm. Um, if if the person doesn't hit me and hurt me for no reason, then yeah, maybe that horse will will trust you more. What's the word I'm looking for when you're like as a person when you like people interacting? Like, a, they're an interactive kind of animal. They're yes. a, like, well, I don't know what the word is, but I completely lost it. It's a very simple word. But they're, you they're know, they engaged. Yeah, so yeah. like, I think they not only, like you said, like if you're not hurting them or whatever, they want to interact with new things. Yeah. Things. So if they're you're a positive curious. thing, um, you're interesting, you're kind, you scratch the right places, you know, yeah. those kinds of you're things. Yeah, you're giving them positive feedback. Yeah. Yeah, I'm naturally gonna like you. And see, there's <sighs> what is like, and but you and I feel the same way of what a horse likes me. Like a horse, my horse. You saw my horse nickers at me when I come out of the door, mm. but it's because it's not because like I feed him because I don't really feed him very often. It's not because I you know scratch in the right places or any of those things. It's because when he hangs out with me. He does not feel responsible for anything. Mm -hmm. And because he requires, there's no pressure and no responsibility, his stress levels are very low. Because he knows we're going to do whatever this lady says. That's just how this goes. <laughs> I'm going to move my feet wherever she tells me to put them. I'm going to walk onto this little steel box. I'm going to go around in these circles for no reason. <laughs> I am going to do these things, but I will have to make no decisions for myself yeah. and because he has to make no decisions he has no pressure he has no anxiety and no worry about the situation because I have never put him in a situation where it has been horrendous mm. like sure there's hedge trimmers every once in a while that's pretty scary <laughs> oh my god we walked past a bird and it moved but it didn't kill me so I guess it was okay <laughs> you know and, and that lack of anxiety makes him enjoy my company. So what about the, okay, so that's like all on the ground. We talked about, I mean, we, we talk about riders where they think they're horse, like I, I've sold horses where they were amazing horses to me. Uh, always great, never had an issue. And then, you know, a couple months down the line, I hear that they've turned into some ravage horse that's bucking everyone off. And I'm not talking about just bucking beginners off, I'm talking about elite riders, like 
four star eventers are saying that this horse is the worst horse they've ever met in their life. How do you then explain? Do you believe that a horse can bond with one person? I believe that a horse can connect with many members of its herd. Because I go and take that tie to a competition. Mm. And he sees his brother that he used to be paddocked with for a very long time. And he goes, my brother. <laughs> you know, not because they're related. He probably doesn't even know that. But they were in a herd together for a long time. They used to scratch each other's good spots, you know, whatever. And I found he would stress out more than his brother did in that situation. And then I thought to myself, why is this the case? Because he was lower in the pecking order? Because he was higher. Higher? Because he had more responsibilities. Okay. He had to look out for everything. Uh, in, And so he was me. So when he thought he had to be me, that I wasn't important anymore. So me being on his back telling him to do shit, he was like, yeah, I don't care. I have things I have to do here. I've got to take care of that guy over there. Now we have to go in this other arena by ourselves. And this is ridiculous. I'm supposed to be looking out for him. And I go, oh, dear. <laughs> do I avoid competitions with this horse? Do I not? Do I, like, what do I do in that situation? Can I just keep going that? at it. What? Can you train through it? Probably. But I'm trying to train through some other very fast things at the moment. Okay. You know? Like, okay, so behavior, psycho horse psychology, what do we believe, like, what is the consciousness of a horse? I think it's a prey animal with the herd mentality that has a brain the size of a walnut. What do they think on a daily basis about you as a person? <laughs> what do you think about <laughs> me as a, probably, you know, as much as my dog thinks about me as a person, that, like, like, Okay, I you know, everyone has, like, a, <laughs> <laughs> a personality to their horse. Like, when you're riding, yes. like, every owner has, like, a personality to their horse. Yes. Do you think, like, a horse has a genuine personality? Oh, like, with a sure. voice. Like, you know how we all give the little voice thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you think? I think they all have very different personalities. Of course they do, because they're all different animals. They all have different pressures, environmental pressures, and things like that that occur on their body. To what extent is their consciousness, like if we're riding, do you think, oh my god, they're thinking like, I wish this woman would get off me because she weighs like way too much. That's when you end up or... on the dirt. <laughs> as soon as a horse thinks something, it does it. Mm. There is no, I believe, I don't believe that there is a, a consciousness in the sense that that humans are cognitive of things and like and you don't think they plot it. No. So they won't plot it from the start of the ride being like, okay, how am I gonna get out of this? And like halfway through the ride they've already they've come up with some way yeah. of working it out. It's just an instinctual straightaway thing. Act, react. Yeah. So we can't then say that, okay, my horse just wants to get me off all the time because he doesn't like me. It's something that's happening instantaneously at that time. Yes. Right. The only way that you become an excellent rider, in my opinion, and this doesn't just come from me, but this comes from a lot of very excellent horsemanship people and 
professional riders that I know is the way you become a better rider is by living in the moment and a little bit ahead, but that's all. Mm. You can't hold grudges because they don't understand why. Just like if you were teaching a child to discipline a horse that was biting them. You wouldn't say, oh, well, you can smack it whenever. Mm. Because he doesn't live whenever. He lives right now. You gotta smack him right now. Tell him, no. And that's what you have to do right now because they only live in that space. Mm. I hit it with the whip now and now I'm in the dirt. I find that kind of like, even from a, a human perspective, I find that kind of calming. I think that's why horses can be so rehabilitating to people. Yeah. Because, you know, even it's not natural for us to have to let things go, to have yeah. to let anger go, to have to let, like, you could be having the worst day, but when you're working with a horse, you need to realize that that horse is in that moment. It right now. can't expect. Like, you can't explain to this horse, well, I'm going to just be kicking you a bit harder today because I'm having a shitty day. And if you turn the wrong way, I'm going to overreact because I'm having a shitty day. Like, it's yeah. not... And then he's going to overreact yeah. right back to you. So you have to, like... You Pull know, your head in. Exactly. And you, you yourself need to be in that moment. And I think that helps us as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the best advice I ever received was from a coach, one of the coaches that I use most frequently and I was having a terrible ride right the day before a comp and I was riding around and I was just like I looked at her and I just started to cry and I never cry Tim was there I wasn't even having a lesson I was just like this is the worst my horse has ever been uh, and I'm just trying to do the <laughs> test and he's jumping over the light and I can't do anything you know <laughs> and Tim was like it's okay you know try to be nice and then my coach just looks at me and goes sometimes it's worse just get off uh-huh. just get off he's not going to remember this tomorrow just get off try again at the comp tomorrow and I was like okay because it's the opposite of what we've been taught, the old school methods of work them until they're really good. Yeah. You know, make them do the job until it's perfect. They well, it's kind of like finish on a good note, though. Still. But, but I got on it the next is. day, and he was better than I ever, <laughs> ever been. It was the best piece of advice I could have ever gotten, was just get off. Mm. And, and, you know, when I was working horses when I was young, and I got angry. I was forced to get off and walk. I had to walk that horse until I wasn't angry anymore. <laughs> How angry were you? Just, if you heard a, oh, out of anybody in our arena, off. Get off right now. Walk. Until you're not angry anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you can get back on. But you can only ride a horse when you're not angry. Yeah. Because you, you don't get any good work that way. We agree far too much on this topic, you know. Yeah. It makes it difficult. It's hard, yeah. I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about all the experiences I've had of like teaching people and when they start to get frustrated, you can't get anywhere. Oh, like, did I tell you about the kid that I made get off the other day? <laughs> <laughs> what? She was, she was upset. <laughs> and she wouldn't do what I wanted. But do you, so I made her get off. But do you ever stand on the ground and you're talking up here and you're like, get off, and they're like, no, and you're like, get off, and they 
skateboard? Get off. I give him the ultimatum. I'll whip you. No, you can get off, or you can do it again. <laughs> but what would you like? Do you want to get off and walk it? Or do you want to do exactly what I told you to do the first time? Mm. And then if they say, don't care, get off. And then they get off, and then they count down. Four, three, two, and they, it doesn't matter how old they are, they're on the ground. <laughs> Time you get to one. Because we've all been trained that the countdown means something. <laughs> yeah, and I made her get off, and then she had to jump the little combination with her pony in hand. for me. I'm not tough enough. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. Really? Yeah, yeah, I did because later, like, she got back on and she just doesn't want to do it. She's still scared. I was like, dude, you just sit on your feet. You can do it on the pony. Yeah. I was like, you should just go and do track and field. <laughs> you obviously like it better. But that's just true. Her sister likes to ride. She doesn't. It feels unfair that I force her. I just thought of something randomly. Go for it. So, because I remember when you like bringing up this subject about the, the whole psychology something yeah. i read or no it, well i read i learned a lot about it and it's something that's not used a lot anymore and a lot of people frown upon it but i still think that when i'm by myself if i'm training a horse i still use some of the methods because i still believe some of them work yes and that was the old monty roberts horse whispering tell me quest. Stuff. Teach me this. So it basically, he went out, I don't know, I've forgotten how many years he went out for, but he basically went out into the wild and he studied wild horses in their packs. Yeah. And through that, he developed or learnt the language of horses that he then called Equus. Right. So Equus was built around literal body language. Like if yes. you've ever watched wild or even our own horses galloping around a paddock you'll know that there'll be two or three in a line and they'll be galloping around and just like birds in the sky without any signals they will all turn in the same direction yes and go around in a circle or they'll yes. all just randomly know to stop and there's no noise there's no communication in that sense yes so he studied the body language of these horses to know what that meant and then he basically used those the, that language to then break horses in and he did a lot of earlier seminars before he was like pushed out for all these other things you know as people in the industry do they dog people and find ways to you know knock him down but the the earlier works he could get a completely untouched wild horse in an arena and within 25 to 30 minutes have this horse fully broken in yeah not using any force, have a saddle on it, walk, truck, canner, and yeah. have that horse never put its ears back, never do anything, right? Right, right. So he used to do this, and I, I, that's how I learned. That yes. was the basis of my, your teaching, my teaching. So, like, just like I grew up with Pat, you grew up with this guy. Yeah, Paparelli, like, similar thing. He came after Monty Roberts. Like, Paparelli right. was like the next guy. Sad. Um, so. And I had the first two horses that I ever broke in, I used Monty Roberts, and no joke, within half an hour I had a saddle on pony and it was going around walk truck canner, yeah. like no issues. Yeah. And so even to this day, I will still use that method of, um, I forgot what they call it, but basically um, you get the horse in the round yard yes. and you're chasing it around, but you're not chasing it around with whips you're or whatever. You're not hunting you might, it. No. 
but you're using pressure and body language. Like it's pressure through body language. So you're basically taking steps towards the shoulder. Yes. Um, and it's pushing it out. Yes. And you're paying attention to the ear placement of the horse. It's it's licking. It's chewing. All of these are different signs. So mm -hmm. as as these signs increase or decrease, you either increase or decrease the certain pressures yeah. um, by taking steps forward, back, backing up to the horse, you know. And it's amazing how this stuff works. Yeah. Like, and that just shows that it's not, that, that's literally a, um, that's a pack mentality thing. Yes, herd mentality. Yeah. 100%. And, and you, and, and that was how he built respect for these horses like by doing that he then became the leader he showed these horses that he was in charge of whatever like he had horses try and front them and rear and all of that but just yeah. by this slight body language he was able to say no i'm in charge i'm the pack leader yeah you know it and he had a bond to the point where he would then and i can still do it to this day within 20 minutes get any horse following me around by yeah. using these methods and they will follow me without any head colors or anything yeah, they'll yeah. just put their head down to the ground and they'll follow me over anything anywhere yes. you know by yes. using this method so then that goes as well to show that it's not really about building a loving deep meaningful relationship with like hugs and kisses and oh my horse loves me no it's a respect thing yeah yeah and and an understanding that that no matter what's going to occur you're in a leadership position and they no longer have the responsibility to deal with everything else that's going on they just have to follow you and do what you tell them to do you control their feet they do not control your feet i say this to my clients all the time if you're having problems with your horse on the ground control their feet if you're trying to push them in a circle around you don't back up <laughs> don't let them control your feet it's like the simplest idea that no one can do. Because they're like, ah, it's running me over! <laughs> and you're like, oh, yes, yes it is running you over now. Yeah, great work. <laughs> what about those relationships that don't work? Like, you come across people that... Like me and my last horse. Or me and my first horse. It just seems like for so long we just didn't work. But at the same time, pushing through those things, we kind of worked... We kicked ass as well. It's like it's hard to know what you push through and what you don't. If you think your horse, as we're going to say now, doesn't like you. The combinations aren't working. The training, yes. you know, the... the Whatever that is Yeah, and also whatever that horse has experienced in its life, those environmental pressures have changed the way that it conducts itself in its current life. So you can't always be like, Horses speak horse. This is why the equius thing has is a little faulty yeah. because only unbroken babies speak horse. Everything after that That's true. has had so many different types of of environmental pressures from humans, environments, yards, electric fences, anything. It's true, but it still goes back to you say they're a herd animal. So these basic things are still yes. herd, like these are yes. still very much herd pressures. Like the that equusing the the round, uh, what's it called? Join up. Join up. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Join up. So join up is basically 
working out the herb yes thing yes. that's all it is in, yes. a, in an arena so that technically should work on a broken or unbroken horse but you have to think about the types of environmental pressures because maybe a horse has been in a situation where it's been in a round yard or, or let's say this is definitely a reason why I had a problem with my previous horse because I do treat horses like horses and I speak horse I got it off the track and it did not function for me because it didn't speak horse anymore uh. I put it in a round yard and it was like oh I remember this bullpen I gallop right because they just put them in a bullpen and they just uh. crack the whip in the middle of the bullpen and they run them around the outside the bullpen you know and then so that environmental pressure ruined my capability to use the joint up to work through anything because as soon as I let them off a lead in a round yard or arena what happened to him previously had overpowered the fact that I was trying to speak to him in a, in a horse way mm -hmm. just like if I had put that horse in a paddock with other horses he would have been a friggin potato I am potato do not know how to horse Hello! <laughs> you know he was just a potato. What does a potato horse do? Very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a potato with wings. <laughs> you know, he just, he, but I mean, his paddock was immaculate all the time because he never trotted. Oh, he just stood. He just stood around. <laughs> like, like an actual vegetable. Like he's a full-sized horse. He just, paddock was immaculate. Yeah, because he probably was in a tiny yard all the Huge time. Huge paddock. Oh, yeah, when he was, like, probably stabled because of the environmental pressures that he yeah, was Yeah, so he's them. like, okay, now I'm not working, I just did. Yeah, <laughs> look at Roundale, right? <laughs> <laughs> Roundale is friend. Did he eat the Roundale? Yeah. Oh. Well. Sometimes you just stare at them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> just like, oh, my God. And sometimes he'd just be like so behind the leg and like boop, 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 and then he'd go, oh! <laughs> and he'd just snap. <laughs> and you're like, where did that come from? Someone is screwed with your brain. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, like, sorry, I, I forgot I had to buck. <laughs> you're like, what happened? <laughs> One time I got on him. Band camp. One time at band camp. Mm. One time I got on him. And actually, no, I got my friend on him because I had hurt myself because I had come off. <laughs> Did you tell the friend that you're <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he was, he looks weird and I was like, ah, don't push him. Stop, stop, stop. He looked weird. Yeah, he's doing Like facial like, expressions like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell extra potato I am. <laughs> no, he just, you know how sometimes they just look like they've got that potential energy that's building? It builds in it, like it's in their ears and their neck. I feel yeah. it, like you feel <laughs> What's happening? Why is this like? Because be like you know when you're about to throw a stick for a dog and they just kind of yeah, there's all potential energy. Yeah, there. I saw the potential energy. I was like, whoa, get off! <laughs> really? And I got her off. Yeah. And so you didn't like instruct her? Just like half halt, like no, no, I just like, get off. Because <laughs> I don't want you to hurt yourself. Uh -huh. And so I was like, hold on, I'll just hop on. Don't tell my husband. So I hop on and I like bend him and flex him and try to like get rid, rid of that some potential um, energy. Nope. Just and snap. I try and all of a sudden I'm from bucking. 
and a bucket, a bucket, and I'm off. <laughs> and a bucket, a bucket, a bucket, a bucket, a bucket, a bucket. So really had nothing to do with me. No. And it had nothing to do with her. But there was something going on there. Hmm. And and he bucked like straight at her while she was standing there holding in their horse. Hmm. And she had to put her hands up in the air before he was like, oh, sorry, Pepo. <laughs> it stopped now. And then, you know, you he think didn't it was run into gear it. or like any like movement of gear might have just been like, you know, nerves? I think maybe ulcers. Hmm. I don't know. I treated him for ulcers later. But I, I sold him eventually. Did you tell them? Yes. I told them everything. What did they say? Have, did you find out? They were you? just a better match. Yeah. Because I rode him anxiously. And because of that anxiety, he rode like an anxious horse. Mm. So when I put other people on him, he was like a star. Yeah. It's so, like, yeah. Some horses are just not meant for you. My current pony was meant for me. Little man and I are just rocking. <laughs> like sometimes we rock way too fast. But, you know, I went into his paddock and walked out to his paddock. And he's just like, looks at me. I'm like, hello. He's like, oh. And he walks along the fence line with me. I was like, cool. We're doing a little, like, uh, bro thing. So you're telling me you don't feel the bond there. I do. Like, it's so hard because, like, we're, we're breaking it down saying, oh, no, there's no, like, real I, affection there. But I have a ton time, of affection. For my horse. Yeah. I know I do. And so you think we put that on them and like create it? Good. Cool. I don't care. Is that what I do with like the people I love around me too? How did you end up with more crunchy things? Honestly, dog. Do we do it dogs too? I don't know. Because they're predators, I think it's a little different. Because they like feed their babies. They like... I have babies that come over, I cough it up, and I feed you these things that I caught. You know, like, they, like, treat their families differently. So, I don't know. I think it's different. Predators and prey animals, I think, are very different. But, I love my horse. And I don't believe that he loves me. But I know that he's connected to me in some fashion. Do you think horses protect you? No! <laughs> See, Not at all. Do I think there's so many see? stories out there about like horses that have like protected people, like reared up in front of lions and like yeah, you know, stomped on snakes and you know ran in front of cars to save people and like all this stuff. I don't think they're saving people. I think they're probably saving themselves. <laughs> like there's a lion coming. I that am... actually makes a lot of sense, <laughs> and I never went there. Really? Yeah. Oh, there's a lion here. I better take care of this situation. The guy on my back doesn't usually take care of the situation. Yeah, but no, okay, no, now I know where my head was going. So they normally would, like, run away. No, not necessarily. But they're saying, like, the horse ran to it. And a horse, this is, like, not a true animal. It's a bad Not always. Not always. That, have you not had a carriage situation where they've been, like, attack? No. Really? No. Oftentimes when they're pinned in a, any kind of situation, if they can't feel like they can't flee, then the first thing they're going to do is try and kill whatever's after them. Plus, I saw that the horse, did I show you the video of the horse with the echidna I had to save? No. He tried to kill the echidna, and I was like, don't kill him! <laughs> what? Okay, 
so I went to get my horse one day, and then I saw this little baby echidna. He was like only, I don't know, the size of four tennis balls. A melon. Yeah. Okay. Like a honeydew. Four yeah. Balls. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and and he came up and he started going across the path in front of my feet and I was like, <gasps> and Ty was like, holy shit. And I was like, it's all good. It's all good, bro. It's all good. And he's like, uh, and I was like, it's all good. Trust me. Look at the cuties. And then he like went across and I was like, oh, come on. We're going to watch him for a little bit because I love animals. I love monotremes are awesome you lay eggs you sweat milk that's amazing how are you such a cool little animal and then he goes into our neighbor's paddock and the neighbor is a, a thoroughbred <laughs> cow thing windsucker thing and he sniffs it looks sniffs it goes whoa sniff it whoa. and then all of a sudden he goes tries to kill it I was like don't stop with your feet on it. You got shoes on. And then you kid just like, holy shit. It like digs yeah. himself into a little hole. And now I'm like, oh, I got the horse in my hand. I can't help this kid. And this horse is like trying to, and then it's turning around and like trying to kick him with both of his back feet. And he's just getting really tough about it. And snorting and he's got his tail up and he's like, I've got to kill you. It's <laughs> so like, Jesus. And guys, so, for everyone that's like just listening to this podcast, you really need to go online onto like YouTube and watch <laughs> it because all these like hand actions and facial expressions, you're totally going to need to screenshot somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I put my party back in the paddock because I'm feeling very guilty about this echidna now. And I call my friend and I'm like, Ray, you have to help me get this echidna out of this paddock. I'm trying, and the horse is trying to kill him, and it's terrible. So now I'm in the paddock with the cheeky horse, but it's not cheeky. He's just using his fight rather than his flight. Yeah. And he's trying to stop, and I'm like, get out of here. And he's like, but I'm helping. And I was yeah. like, no. And then I try and get the akin out, but they're very spiky. <laughs> very, very spiky, just so you, you know. You gotta kind of dig under them. But he was so in there. Yeah, they roll themselves, yeah, and dig really tight. But his arms were, like, stuck yeah. sideways so that you couldn't get him out. Because we had these big leather gloves, we were trying to get him out, and then we put a hoodie on top of him and tried to get him out, and it did not work. So we had to go and get a shovel, and then we dug him out mm. and put him in the little jacket. But apparently they, like, follow their nose somewhere. So we learned this fact and then just put him on the other side of the paddock that he was going to go through. And then he went off and lived his little life. But that horse psychology part is the fight slash fight. See, I had a horse that was just, like, particularly just evil. Yeah, lots of fight. Lots of fight. Yeah, I bred it and she was just evil. And so, like, you couldn't go into the paddock without a whip. And this was, like, low battery power. Um, okay. Yeah. You couldn't go into the paddock without a whip. Like, she was just evil, hunt you down. Like, she was, like, the kindest, sweetest thing once you were there, like, with her. But, like, any other time, she would, like, try and kill you. And we had a pet duck and a pet chicken. And they used to stroll from the house down to the dam every day. Yeah. And... Every time they walked down the laneway, she used to, like, run beside trying to, like, slam it in the laneway and not being able to do it. And unfortunately, one day they didn't go down the laneway. They went through the paddock and we found them both squashed like pancakes. 
she finally got them. That's so sad. Yeah, but like with everything, like dog, everything. She'd just like try and kill it. Right. That's not. See, yeah, that's a fight instinct rather than a flight instinct. They just, some horses have more of that than others, you know? And I think, well, that camera died. I'm glad that's why I got out to check that the other one was still going. Kill? Kill? We, we've only recorded for about 35 minutes anyway, so. Kill? <laughs> we can just pop these two, like, recordings next to each other and see, like, which do you prefer? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, I think some horses are dicks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the f this thing just loves to cut out and then I end up with random bits and pieces. So when we were last at, I believe the last thing I said was people are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was, maybe breed for temperament. Yeah, I remember I hearing that, yeah. But, but uh, honestly, um, moving away from for me, the breeding for temperament and all that kind of stuff. Um, we were kind of, the more important piece that I think will be missed from that part of the conversation, which I think we should touch on, is it is not the horse. It is the fleshy object trying to operate the horse. So, and whether it's a good match or not is a completely different thing. Like that yeah. doesn't, I still don't think that takes away from the fact that it's still the rider's fault. Like just, like you could have a horse that is difficult and you know might have like we say a screw loose or it might be flighty or it might have like all these behavioral things that happen like with yeah. the horse but i don't think that necessarily means that it's the horse because there's no. still a rider out there that can can manage those because things. it's got the right skill yeah. set toolkit whatever we want to call it so either way, no matter the situation, we should still be able to take responsibility for the action. 100%. Yeah. We should always take responsibility. Because it's, it's our fault at the end of the day, whatever that horse decides to do. And, and the funniest part of that segment was the fact that horses aren't making the decision. <laughs> Being like, yeah, just hop on my back. <laughs> Why don't you just hop on? That yeah, I good. don't think the horse like, just came so... There has been movies, though. Hop on my back. Yeah, Kick there's me. been movies in like, what was it? Like, Bla Black Beauty. Like, it like came up and nuzzled the person. He was like, come on. Get come on, on my back. You know, or they like lay down next to the person and be like. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Get on. Get on my back. Get on. Let's go. <laughs> Please kick me and pull on my face. And my, grab hold of my mane. Yes, do it. Pull my hair out <laughs> while you're at it. This starts to sound real good. Get on my back, kick me, pull on my face, and pull my hair. <laughs> like, this seems like bad times. Like, don't do that. <laughs> it's just crazy. But, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm also going to touch on the fact that I, I made a phone call about my pony and blah, blah, blah. We had that conversation. Yeah. I'm going to just touch that one. And up. you were like, what am I doing? What, what do I need to change? And that's yeah. good because that proves that you were taking responsibility. You didn't say... Something's happened to Ty and he's changing or no. he's a psycho or, you know, you weren't no. blaming him. Your no. first response was, what am I doing? Yeah. To, did this happen to, to you too? Yeah. 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 Did this happen to you? How did you fix it? Mm. Um, and, and yeah, going to protocol days and going to days where I have to plot up and wear my boots and do all the same, go through the same motions will help me make riding a test more boring so that I don't get so tense. 
And I think that he's acting out more about it because he didn't at the beginning. I think he's acting out more about it now because he is more aware of the difference in me. Mm. Because we are, we spend more time together, he's gotten familiar to what the normal is. What you are at home and what you what are I am. at an event. Right. Well, I'm still the same in the warm-up, apparently, but there's something different that I do. Yeah, because you're not being judged in the warm-up. Tim judges me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Tim. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think... I think going to some protocol days and some friendly, unofficial days will be good. Having a groom and you can come and everybody can go up. We'll have a good time. Yes. But yeah, well, I think we should just make this one a short one. Cool. We can do that. Okay. Got a bit lost because, yeah, yeah, we both agreed too much on the subject. We did. We did. Well, um, maybe we should do something next time about, what do you think? You don't know? No, I don't. I'm waiting for someone to be controversial. Well, you missed that, like, last podcast with er Erica. As <laughs> <coughs> I choked to death. Erica, yeah, she was, we were pretty controversial. More controversial than I would normally be. I got opinionated, which is unusual. Like, I'm not normally like that. But I like controversial. You do. And, uh, like, it brings out the most controversial in me. Even if I don't believe it, I'll still argue it because it's interesting to me. Like, I can still argue a point I don't believe in because I just want to hear how far we can push something. Right. So a lot of the time I'll say things that it's not, like, what I really do. Devil's believe, advocate. But I'll just, yeah. Devil's advocate. Yeah, that's yeah. my place in the world. Hi. Um, yeah, so you, next time you want to do something controversial, yeah. you're going to have to pick something. Like what? Oh want to do the carriage industry. Oh, that is. That is controversial. We even rodeos are controversial. Like the whole, even dressage is controversial these days. Yeah, like all the like everyday tight nose bands. Wow, Roll that's something I've heard today as well. And the thing is, there's so much like research that backs a lot of stuff up. Oh my god, we're gonna start. I'm gonna start. Go. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, there's just like there's so much research that can back anything up. So if you Google the the negative impacts of a horse, horse-drawn carriages in city roads, you're yeah. gonna find information and facts. Yes. And veterinary reports about the impact of a horse's leg on concrete, and you're gonna, like, get exactly what you Google. But yeah. if you Google positive stuff, that's what you'll find as well. So, yes. like, I find it, this, this, there's just too much information in this <laughs> world. It's so terrible. Woe is me, I've got Google. <laughs> like, maybe we should Google stuff. Oh! We have a bunch of questions and we should Google stuff. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should do like, uh, what, what pops up on Google? We should rabbit hole. Oh, what stupid people say. <laughs> wow, that's... No, no, that's oh! probably wrong because some of them might take offense if they've said that once in their life. What? Everybody said something once, otherwise they wouldn't have learned it. True. You know? Like... You have to have learned it somehow. It should be, it should be like, we should do... We should Google stuff and see what comes up and then discuss whether we believe in what the first response Google says. Wow. Because that's what people do. They read the first response and say, okay, this is fact. The yeah. same as like people in the city with the carriages, like you and I both worked yeah, there. Yeah. People will come up and they'll be on the animal activist side saying, oh, I've heard this. They might not be fully animal activists yet, 
But they've heard about it. That's all they've heard. They've heard, oh, I've heard it's bad. I've heard when the horse is resting its leg that that means it's sore. It's not. And they'll ask you, and then once you've had that conversation with them, they're like, oh, thank you for telling me. I didn't know. Yeah. But if they Google it, they're going to find sometimes the wrong answer. I think you should Google. Yeah, Google Google wrong answers. Horse Google. Googling horse trivia. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That means we'll need to be more prepared because we'll come up with like some yeah, things to Google. That. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right well, so, thanks for joining us for another episode of Behind the Leg. There's no outro no. music. We're just making it. Oh, yeah. All right. Make it, make it, make it. Make it, make it, make it. All right. Bye.